Welcome back to Tavern Talks, a revolutionary podcast from Francis Tavern Museum. I'm Ali Delianis, Communications and Marketing Manager. And I'm Mary Chaltis Adamanelli, Education and Public Programs Coordinator. This episode of Tavern Talks, we're going to try and answer one of the most frequently asked questions we get from visitors. Are there ghosts? So. Yes. Yes. Long and short answer, yes. This building is 300 years old with a handful of documented deaths, including George and Martha Washington, a pair of kittens that died when a fire broke out in the cellar and quickly spread through most of the building. Earlier this year, we reached out to Gotham Paranormal Research Society, a New York City-based team that have been business for over 15 years. They have investigated and worked everywhere from private residences to museums to the famed haunting grounds like the Lizzie Borden House. And they are a member of the Atlantic Paranormal Society family, or TAPS for short. The first step in their process is to gather information. We met with Angela and Bill, who run the society, and gave them a top-to-bottom tour of Francis Tavern Museum and Restaurant. During the tour, Angela recorded audio, and as she put it, it was just in case we have visitors. The tour took over an hour and was extensive. Most people don't know that the museum and restaurant actually span five different buildings that are all squished together, so there are lots of small rooms and staircases. Before our investigation, Angela had mentioned on the audio that she recorded that there was a lot of strong interference, which could be from a multitude of different things. She said that there was some audio from our library where it sounded like something was being thrown, which is what exactly I have heard in the past in that area. On the night of the investigation, we were joined by Angela, Bill, Lexi, Miguel, Daniel, and a member in training, Sabrina. They set everything up in our Messick gallery and got to work with all kinds of equipment, and then we got started. Allie, myself, and Sarah, our education and public programs manager, sat down with Teresa DeSico, an FTM team member who also experienced some spooky stuff in the museum to tell her about our findings. Hello, I'm Sarah. I am the education and public programs manager. Hi, I'm Teresa DeSico, and I'm Museum Events and Services Associate. Just to give a bit of background information, last Friday, October 9th, uh, we had a team of paranormal investigators come into the museum. I was there, as was Mary, as was Sarah, and it was really spooky. Mary, do you want to tell us a little bit about this team of investigators? So we reached out to Gotham Paranormal Research Society, who do paranormal investigations throughout the five boroughs. They've been pretty active. Um, They do a lot of work at Morris Jumel, which was a big light bulb for me to be like, well, if they can work with those colonial ghosts, they can work with our colonial ghosts. Uh, And they were so honored to come, and we were so honored to have them. Yep, it was super fun. They had a crazy setup. We've pulled out a big car table for them and put it in the Messick gallery. There was a computer monitor, tons of GoPros everywhere that fed into a server that fed into the computer monitor. So you could see all of the uh, cameras at the same time, which was really crazy. And they had a bunch of tape recorders and then some other weird equipment that lit up oftentimes. So Teresa was not there. So we're telling her all about our spooky investigation. She already looks horrified. Yeah, she did a deep sigh when you stopped the uh, description of the equipment. Oh, that was me. (laughs) No, it was both of you. You both went... (laughs) Neither Mary nor Teresa like ghosts. Uh, Teresa often has to close the museum by herself. So this probably wasn't the best uh, thing that I could have made her do. But uh, she came here willingly. I would like to go on record. (laughs) So... We're going to tell you all about our investigation 
and we are going to start from the top of the museum down. So not the first place, but the first place we're going to start is with the investigation in the Zabriskie Gallery, which most most of the time is not, well, none of the time is open to the public, um, which was super spooky. Uh, we had a lot of things happening in there. Uh, we went into the SRNY library and hung out in the conference room around the big table. And Mary's looking terrified and like she has some vivid memories. So I'm going to let her go. Oh, God. Well, just to start off, I was setting up for a general society meeting probably two or three years ago. Um, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning and I had just put out all of the breakfast platters and I was like, oh, look, they have croissants. And I was like happy for 8 a.m. because I was insane that day. And I heard a very loud like crashing noise, like as if somebody had thrown a pile of books. And I just went, nope. And I stopped setting up and I went, all your cups are where they need to be. They're in the bag. I'm not going back upstairs. And I had run out of the room and I had almost fallen down the stairs. And uh, for those of you who have never visited the museum, those stairs are curved. So I almost fell down the stairs real bad. So I don't like to go up into that room by myself if I don't have to ever. And I didn't mind ever going up there by myself. I do now. I think. Um, but I, <laughs> After Friday. But I didn't initially. I think it actually makes me want to go up there more. Um, am, am I the one on the, the, the recording who's really into the idea of ghosts but has never until Friday experienced anything there? I think you might be. I, I feel better than I did a year ago when I was dealing with ghosts at a different museum. I feel okay this year. Mary is shaking her head. No. Oh, no, I have just because I worked at Trinity and I, I worked a lot at St. Paul's between me and the security guards there. There were a lot of ghosts. So I feel I feel better at Francis than I did at St. Paul's. But uh, I get really bad feelings from everywhere. That's fair. So in Zabriskie. <laughs> They set up tons of insane equipment. My favorite pieces of equipment that they carried around that evening were the cat balls, yes. which were literal yes. cat toys that lit up. But they were... They were motion sensors. Yeah, they were hypersensitive. So if you even so much as walked next to it and vibrated the ground, the thing would light up. Like a disco ball, as if it was supposed to diffuse the scary. Which it did. It, it did it. It kind of had the effect of like a horror movie where like a child's toy goes off and the toy itself wouldn't be scary in a normal situation. But because you're like, I'm here looking for ghosts when it goes off, you are a little bit like, I don't want that near me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm horrified right now. <laughs> yeah, so they set those up everywhere. There was a weird like laser box thing that if you walked next to it 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 shined on the wall like an, in a grid pattern remember that thing the laser that was another motion sensor mm -hmm. so that was supposed to pick up if like something yeah moved and like i heard at one point angela was like oh it's walking right towards you girls and i was like better turn around yeah because there was something it's a, it projects a laser grid onto a surface and then something in the actual box of the machine itself kind of points to where in the grid it's detecting the motion. So you can see, like when she said it's coming towards us, it was like, oh, I didn't see it, but in my head it was like a little arrow, like pointing like that way, like that's the way the motion was going. 
Poor Teresa. <laughs> she looks horrified. <laughs> um, and so there was that. There were these like um, radio kind of boxes so that if a person touched it, it would beep and light up. And if a ghost touched it, it would beep and light up. So we had all of those set up all over the big conference table in Zabriskie. And we just kind of started asking some questions. So the thing about the investigation is it was, it could be a little boring because it was a lot of sitting around and like what felt like talking to yourself and hoping that something would happen. So we all sat in the chairs around the perimeter of the room. Teresa's grabbing a pillow and holding it tightly. So we had all the equipment set up and then we all sat around the room and just kind of asked some questions. And that was one of the more active of the rooms was the Zabriskie Gallery. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, the entire room is covered by the portraits of past SRNY presidents. So when we first started asking questions, I think that's the first place we went of like, is there an SRNY member in here? And so we asked that question and the cat ball lit up (sighs) because if a ghost touches the cat ball or a spirit or a paranormal entity, I shouldn't just say ghost because I don't know if that's the technical term, but if an entity touches the ball, it lights up because if even a human does, it lights up. So we asked, as Mary said, is there any past presidents here? And the thing lit up. And the EMF readers next to it went up. So the EMF readers don't make noise, but they do all this like colorfuls. Like if something is there, it goes red and those pick up frequencies. Yes. Like you can, like if you're standing next to a wire box, it will also lit up. But this was on the table, not by any wires or anything. So It just kept going off when we would ask questions. And so we asked a couple of questions. You know, are you a past president? The thing goes off. So we have reason to believe that Teresa's face right now. (laughs) Look at Teresa. (laughs) It's science. Should I be the skeptic to kind of calm Teresa's nerves and say that a lot of this equipment is... You know, it's 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 sub- it's subject to a lot of interference from a lot of things in modern life. So things like cell phones, HVAC systems, wires, even if you're not, you know, directly sitting next to it, just the wiring in the room, especially constant loud music from the restaurant below. So that did make it hard when you were seeing something and it was like, oh, this is a result. You have to also think or, you know, they just started playing the Lumineers again really loud directly outside the window and maybe that that something based from that is setting things off yeah the vibration from the music could have set the cat ball off or the old copper wiring in the building could have set the frequency off yeah or everyone in the room is carrying a supercomputer like their little cell phones that's gonna also play into it so the the investigators are very good about that you know they weren't like and this is definitive proof it's a ghost like no they're very scientific about it like setting your expectations were like, okay, that could be something or it could be, you know, you just got a text. They moved the cat balls around. So if one kept going off, they would like swap them around and put them in different spaces to see if that was affecting anything. Yeah, they were really on top of it. So when they got excited about something, I got very excited about something. And my shoulders were to my chin. (laughs) I looked like Fester. Mary was definitively not excited. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Zabriskie uh, had some balls light up. It had some, the EMF readers 
got all bright and shiny. And we went into the library. So when Mary and I did a walkthrough with the paranormal investigators a couple weeks ago, they recorded the whole thing and then listened back on the audio. And on the audio, they heard a loud thump, like someone had thrown books in the library where Mary had heard the books thrown. So we set up a GoPro and a task cam. We went in there with one of the cat balls to kind of talk and see if we could get someone in there. Nothing lit up. There was no activity in there. Uh, but when they review the footage from the GoPro and the task cam, we should hopefully maybe we got something from in there. But we did go in that room. God, I hope not. <laughs> I was standing there by myself. I know you don't want it. Though. I like I, it's more reassuring, even though it's scarier if we were having a conversation and it was going off and you actively saw the equipment go off where it's a little scarier a month later when you were trying to have a conversation of like, do you like how the library is organized? Is that why you're throwing books? Do you like things? Do you not like things? And then having that come back and then having like a whole conversation not being heard on the other end and then knowing that there was something, maybe an intro my face, screaming at me telling me that they have to reorganize the library well imagine how frustrating it would be for the entity then if they're like stop asking me if i'm male or female i'm trying to tell you how to fix all the books in this room yeah <laughs> I, i'm on the spirit <laughs> side here <laughs> it's not in order so moving on downstairs we got into mcintee which was the hot spot a wild ride in McEntee. <laughs> I think that was my my second favorite of the the stuff we experienced. My second favorite as well. So we get into McEntee and we set up all the equipment again. They had GoPros, uh, the Tascam recorders, the little uh, the EMF meter, plus also that little box that if a human touches it, it goes off. If an entity touches it, it goes off. Cat balls. So we're standing there. All the lights are off. We're waiting. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, one of the investigators, Angela, sees the cat ball kind of moving. And it's not lighting up, but it's moving. And it should have been lighting up, right? It rolled. It rolled, Teresa. It rolled without lighting up. And we're like, that's kind of weird. And I said, well, you know, the AC's on. Let me turn off the HVAC. So I got up on a chair and I stood up and I flipped the HVAC off. And the second it went off, something grabbed the little meter thing and set the alarm off. Like not the building alarm, but the the box was going off because something was touching it. We can only assume it was upset that the AC was off. And we can assume that because about 10 minutes later, the box had not stopped going off. But then we realized that the HVAC had turned itself back on. And you know those things like are not on a timer. Like you have to manually, Teresa's face right now, who knows the HVAC system. Like you have to manually, if it's off, it's off. Yeah, so my interpretation is that we turned it off. The entity starts screaming into the box, please turn the air conditioner back on. We don't listen. We just keep saying, did you live here? Did you work here? And it just gets frustrated and turns the HVAC back on. <laughs> yeah, if I, have, if I ever end up haunting this building, that's what I will go around doing is just making sure. <laughs> Why is it in 70 degrees? It should never be in 70 <laughs> Sarah's just like clicking the HVAC on and off. <laughs> the humidity in this place is ridiculous. Before 
The entity turned the air conditioning back on. By the time I'd gotten off the chair, we were chatting. We were asking some questions, and it oftentimes was yes or no questions. You know, are you a past member of the SRNY? The box goes off. We're like, okay, so we're dealing with somebody. And then Angela from the Paranormal Investigator Society goes, do you recognize these girls? Meaning me, Mary, and Sarah, who are all lumped into a corner looking slightly terrified. And the box goes off as Teresa's face right now. (laughs) Teresa looks like the painting of the scream. (laughs) This is not real. It is so real. Good thing I wasn't there. (laughs) The box goes off because it recognizes us. And then she goes, do you enjoy working with these ladies? And it goes off again. Thumbs up. Thumbs up from Teresa. Then all of a sudden, it flips the air back on, and then it decides it's done with us, and the box stops going off, and everything's just done. Like, they said their piece, they're done with us entirely. So, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) But what's good is that, like, some of the investigators had backstory of the building, and then some of them didn't know much, and they were all getting the same, like, not to be the millennial, but like they were all getting the same vibes and the same moods. Regardless of where we were, they would have the same heavy feeling or light feeling as everybody else. So it makes me feel less crazy now walking through the building, knowing that like these professionals also don't like this room. That's great. But it makes me want to go in there less. And I'm going to be even more horrified when we get those like recordings back. Yeah, so it's going to take a couple of weeks for them to go through all of the audio and video footage. And then we'll know if we have even more things. Okay. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. Ghosts. Everywhere. Ghosts. We had such a lovely experience with Gotham Paranormal and can't wait for them to visit the museum again. If you're looking for a great investigation team, we highly recommend them. And if you're listening and you've visited the museum and had a very spooky interaction, we want to know. Reach out to us, email us, tweet us, all the social medias. Well, that's our spooky episode, folks. Thanks for listening. Much spook, such scare. (laughs) I'm tearing.